three, two, one. Welcome to Hungry Hip Hop, Pollock style reviews where we dish out the freshest takes on what these artists are serving up. We're looking for the spiciest bars, vibes, and production in order to expand our palettes and diversify our playlists. This is Milo, live in his stereo. O'Shea Jackson, a.k.a. Ice Cube, is the legendary rapper from Crenshaw, California. Originally a member of N.W.A., Ice Cube has been a major force in the hip-hop industry from the late 1980s all the way until today. Beyond N.W.A. and a long solo album career, Ice has starred in a movie series and even had himself portrayed by his son in the film Straight Outta Compton. Today we'll be looking at the album that kicked off his long solo career, America's Most Wanted. Alan, what's up? Yeah, so I was actually super surprised with some of the directions this album went with like mm-hmm. calling out white supremacy in 1990, but without really mm-hmm. having the words to talk about that concept, just going through what life was like in the ghetto and giving some advice. Uh, some of the advice Ice Cube gives on this album is like, <laughs> it's it's really, it's a little dated, I guess would be a good way to put it. Um, mm-hmm. And his... I don't agree with all his views about women necessarily, but um, in terms of everything, every time Ice Cube tries to get real and talk about life in the ghetto, talking about fucking going to San Quentin prison and stuff, I feel like it was really, it hit me pretty hard and more than I was expecting from an album from 1990. Uh, That said, a lot of the rap style and the flows they sound really, really early '90s, and you know what I, mm-hmm. you know what I mean by that. It like, mm-hmm. it sounds like Will Smith went harder at times, and um, a lot of the flows just sound very similar. Not to say that this album is bad. I would say overall enjoyed it, but it was super '90s feeling at points. Mark. Yeah, so straight up, yo, I thought this album was dope as fuck. <laughs> like, I wasn't sure if I was going to like it or not. Like, I had high hopes because I like Ice Cube a lot. But obviously, like, I'm not a fan. Like, y'all already know I'm not a fan of 90s hip-hop. I'd rather hear Cardi go, whack, you know? But that being... <laughs> Milo shakes his head. But that being said... um, even though the production was very 90s, very 90s hip hop, and even his flow was too. Uh, Milo, I will give you props. You always speak about something, you know, called mic presence. Like how good does an artist sound on the mic? And to me, Ice Cube is damn near the pinnacle of that. Regardless of the beat selection, regardless of, you know, even necessarily the flow, the tenacity in his voice like he sounds like he like he and nigga got i got something to say like he really out here trying to speak you know um like i felt like he i felt like i almost the album gets a feel as if it almost wasn't pre-planned or recorded but that's someone just started playing beats and that nigga just started you know rapping like that's the that's the feel like he gives when he raps on a mic of almost like this is coming from the dome i just got some shit to say and uh, to me, that carried the album. That really carried it. So that's how I felt. Uh, Milo? Okay, so this album, just once again, uh, I guess as a warning, if you want to call it that, to the to the listeners, uh, this album is pretty, it's 49 minutes and 18 seconds. So it's not the longest, uh, 
Mm-hmm. You're looking at an average song time about three minutes and four seconds whenever you're. So this is something that is it goes. It's longer than your average SoundCloud kind of stuff. Also, the technique involved. So I 100% agree with Mark. Great presence. Ice Cube's voice is, is wonderful. As far as his lyrical content, be prepared for a lot of storytelling as far as lyricism goes. So you do, you have lyricists that kind of just emphasize like on, on a lot of cleverness and a lot of punchlines and being like really, really funny or whatever, or really like high-minded mm-hmm. and make it, being thought provoking with the way they play with words. And you have other artists like Slick Rick, or in this instance, Ice Cube, who like to paint pictures and tell stories. And then you have other artists who just like to talk about the stuff they have or, or what are just plain make noises. Playboy Cardi, Young Thug. This falls more in that second one I mentioned storytelling. So do be, prepared for that i enjoyed the storytelling aspect of it i like mm-hmm. that a lot as for the production i like 90s production i like music that sounds like it was made out of dashikis and afro picks and belong like i like music sounds like it, it belongs in a ghetto blaster like i should have a boom box <laughs> when i'm listening to this it just takes it just takes me back to that time reminds me like keenan and kel all that fresh prince of bel-air i mm-hmm. i i'm good a old days for, so, yeah the good old days <laughs> So I really enjoy that. That's what the album was like. As far as I, I like the album, I, I definitely like this album. You could say I'm super biased, and we could get into more details about why I liked it as we go song by song. But that's my general impression. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with you. Um, I will say like this was one of the albums that I wrote down so many lyrics for. At one point, I just stopped writing out lyrics. I was like, when we get to the song, I'll just look up the lyrics and mention the ones I like because. Like you're you're hundred percent right. Storytelling is one of like the things that he did really strong on this album. But another is just even when he wasn't storytelling, just like the aggressiveness with with what with what he says or how he said it, but some of the things he said, I was like, yo, like this nigga says some wild shit. Like there's one of there's a song where he says something about um uh Oh, I thought quick. Uh, so he's in a court talking about uh, how some girl's trying to say he he the baby daddy. Yeah. He's like, I thought quick about the money, or should I just kick her in the tummy? I was like, yeah, well, this nigga's out here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was oh man? That was you can't fade me. I think. Yeah, right? Yeah, bro. He just said some crazy shit. And, like the whole album is like. I mean, I can't imagine, like, like, like we're used to this shit now by 2020, you know? We've had rappers say the craziest shit in the world. But I imagine in 1990, this shit must have been kind of like, yo, nigga. Like, this shit must have been, like, kind of wild. So, I don't know. But, um, yeah. Who wants to get into it? Who wants to start first? <laughs> All right. What did, okay. So, we got, you guys know one of my pet peeves is bad skits on rap albums. And this doesn't have a bad skit. Uh, this one, mm. I actually I actually liked it. I feel like starting the intro where he's like, well, what's it called? It. When uh, Better Off Dead, when he's already like in prison and the prison guards fucking waking him up. I think it was a great way to just like set the tone that this album's mm-hmm. going to just go hard and it's not going to give you any second to breathe. Uh, just mm-hmm. like you're in San Quentin prison. Um not much to say about it. He's getting woken up by a guard, but I just felt like it was a good tone setter. And as the album goes on and he gets to like life in the ghetto and there was that one, one song where he's like, where he's arguing with a woman. I feel like every time we get some kind of like spoken piece, it actually goes over well to serve the album. Um, mm-hmm. So good opener in my mind. Well, 
I felt the opener. I I really consider the opening of the album to be the instrumental intro along with the second track. Mm -hmm. So overall, I think if you consider it that way, it was a strong open. If I'm considering the audio on its own, it's not, it's not the worst. It's not the best. Mm -hmm. Certainly better than extension level event. At any rate, Mark. Um, I felt like it set the tone for the album. You know, you have the prison bars clinking. You got the guard talking to Ice Cube. You got Ice Cube going, fuck all y'all. You know, like it, it really sets the tone for what you're about to get in the rest of the album. Um, but I mean, other than that, like it, it's just, it's really short. It's, it's not much at all. So um, there's not much to say about it. But yeah, I think it does a good job of setting tone for the album. And oh my gosh, how perfectly does it transition to the next song, uh, The Nigga Yellow the Hate, where like you don't even notice it. It's just so smooth about like the clinking in the bars and then as you go, fuck y'all. And then all of a sudden you just hear, I heard payback's a motherfucking nigga. And like yeah. it just goes <laughs> off, bro. Uh, so I'm getting treated like a goddamn stepchild. And I was just like, yo, this nigga, like. The transit. I had to look to see if it was the same song or if it started a different song because the transition into it was beautiful. <laughs> so smooth. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, if you would want to move to that song, uh, I thought this was a great song. Um, I thought it had great line, uh, great lines. Um, let me see where some of the ones I wrote down for this one. Um, uh, he said, I don't give a fuck about dissing these fools because they all scare the ice cube. Um, uh, the police, the media, and suckers that went to pop and motherfuckers that say they too black, put them overseas. They, be, they may be begging to come back. Uh, we, and we say we promote gangs and drugs. You want to sweep a nigga like me under the rug? Like, it's just, I don't know. He was like, he was like, first song where he's actually spent layers, he's already saying, yo, fuck the police. Um, fuck all that bullshit that y'all trying to do. Y'all don't want me to talk about this real shit here. Like, first song kicking it off. <laughs> And I mean, even he even names his crew the lunch mob. Like, mm-hmm. he definitely isn't, he's not supposed to make white people, people feel comfortable with this album. Mm-hmm. He's also not supposed to make black people feel comfortable with this album. Mm-hmm. Like, if he's making his crew the lunch mob, you know, mm-hmm. he just, I mean, like I said earlier, there's no, he pulls no punches. This whole entire no. time is just like hard as fuck the whole way through. Mm-hmm. I actually liked his voice more than I expected to, but like from this song, I never really, I'd heard his verse on when, when he rested in WA and he's talking about, you know, uh, fuck the police and everything, mm-hmm. but I never sat down and listened to a solo album by him just all the mm-hmm. way through. And when he started, when he actually started rapping, I was really impressed by his voice and his delivery. So you did, you said that, I know it was Alan, Alan who mentioned that the delivery was kind of corny and to I didn't me, use the word corny but okay it's what really word did you 90, use? it's really 90s it's like will smith okay, you say that like points. it's a bad thing though <laughs> well not a bad thing but it's just like it's what i'm ex- if you say like a 90s flow and a 90s instrumental this like this album is it which isn't necessarily a bad thing i see why you'd think of it like that but it wasn't like it's not pushing me in a different direction necessarily like outcast or something right 
Well, no, it's just when, because y'all use the term old head. So when you say a 90s flow, I think you're saying it like kind of pejoratively. But okay. <laughs> I am 100%. Okay, I'm glad we can I will. air. <laughs> when I say it, it's pejoratively. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, don't, I, don't think, I don't mean for it to be that way, but I can, I, I can see why you think that. Okay. I thought surprisingly his flow was a little different from typical. Like I just listened to Can I Kick It by Tribe Called Quest. And the second verse on a track is emblematic of the mm. of the type of flow I think that mumble trappers call out when they're talking about the corny '90s flow. Can you give us an Where, example? What was he rhyming? Do you want me to just play shit. the song? No, 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 no. This is piss up shit, bro. Yeah. Just rap some I mean, shit, I gave bro. that. He was. I don't know. He was just like, I went and saw this girl the other day. Walk up, wondered if she come my way. Didn't really know what I should say. So I needed to go and wait for the, you know what, you know what I mean? Like that kind of just use the same. Yeah. I just wanted to see you do it. Yeah, I we exactly literally just wanted to see you do it. Uh, at any rate, I felt Ice Cube broke the mold of like the 90s kind of spitting on mm-hmm. it. Like in some places he does do it. I do have lines mm-hmm. that I quote it where it does fall back into that kind of, cor- like that kind of flow. Mm-hmm. But I felt he, he stood out just by off of this first track. And I, I mean, I wrote down delivery is surprisingly not corny, end quote. And I liked the production on uh, The Nigga You Love to Hate. had a great groovy sound. It kind of gave me some Fight the mm-hmm. Power vibe, so it doesn't surprise it me does. that Flavor Flav is on this, on this project. It does. Yeah. But that's all. Some people might, I mean, it's three minutes, so so many people might think that that's a little long. I, I kind of felt like the third verse could have been left out, but it's yeah. fine. Yeah, it, it didn't feel long to me. Um, I guess, I mean, at his... And I, I will agree with you, like, his flow isn't, like, the standard 90s flow, but I could tell I'm listening to going back to a 90s album. Like, I could, I could tell that this is definitely not a modern flow, but I will, I will give you, like, I will, yeah, I will give you props. This is definitely, like, a variation, like, his own variation of it. Um, the way he kind of accentuates certain words or, like, will drop at the end of the word, you know, pay back some mobile fucking nigga, like, shit like that. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> Like he really will say shit like that. Um, also, I think the the title of this track kind of as like the actual opening track. I think it's perfect also because we're gonna hear Ice Cube say some shit that will make him very easy to hate. He loves calling women bitches, loves it. Um, loves talking about being hoes and just asses and like talking about killing he, them. Yeah, killing them. He's like, bitch, you better not be pregnant with my baby, otherwise I'll grab the pistol and shit like that. Like, I mean, he easily will say something. And then, like, if you're, you know, a white person in the suburbs and he's saying this shit, but then also saying, like, fuck the police shit, fuck the government shit, like, it's very easy to be like, oh, fuck Ice Cube, you know? And so I love that first song he came out with. Uh, I'm the nigga y'all love to hate, you know? <laughs> yeah, especially to do this pre, like, props him for being this abrasive pre Eminem. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you think Eminem got it from? Cube, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, no, I thought this was um pretty abrasive. I mean, but then again, like I I, I assume straight out of Compton probably set the way for him to be this abrasive on his own album. So um it's not like this was like so new that no one expected it. But I assume he probably got a lot of hate from his lyrics on the straight out of Compton album. And so he just carried that energy straight to his solo album. <laughs> I mean, he even mentions it throughout this album. He's like, "Oh yeah, I made I made that song you didn't like." Yeah, <laughs> one song. Just straight up like, "Yeah, I made a song you didn't like." Yeah, 
you know, fuck the police. I, I would imagine the amount of flack he got for that, you know? So, um... It's okay, so the song isn't the same, but it gave me a lot of the same energy as um, the song We Don't Care, which is the first song off the college dropout, where Kanye mm. comes out and he just, like, his goal is to say, you're not going to like me, you should just sell drugs and drop out of school um, mm. to sell drugs. <laughs> so Kanye approached it in a really different way, but the energy of the, like, nothing fucking matters i don't care what you think about me felt like really similar so that was kind of a cool connection i like that's funny (laughs) um also i don't think we mentioned i just want to mention real quick this album was mainly produced by public enemies bomb squad um apparently cube left la and went to new york to record most of this album and yeah it was produced by public enemies production team and so that's why it has that kind of you know sound to it um apparently during the 20th anniversary of this album uh ice cube mentioned in the interview that dr dre was supposed to produce this album um and uh ice cube war Dre wanted to produce the album, but that kind of got vetoed by Jerry Huller and Easy E. So it never got done. But I could only imagine like these lyrics and flows over Dr. Dre production. God damn, dude. That would have been an I mean, this album's already great, but that being said, just so you understand the production side of this album for people who are listening. Um Milo, what's the song, another song that you thought was interesting? I mean, I think it'd be appropriate if we talk about the what is it? America's Most Wanted? What What is the word they use? Eponymous? Eponymous? Basically the song that has the album's name. Mm-hmm. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Eponymous, eponymy, whatever. But America's Most Wanted, I... So this is for... I said at the outset, you were going to be in for a long project. This is a four-minute song. So mm-hmm. there you go. I hope that doesn't discourage anybody from checking it out, but this is, uh, it doesn't really have any real hooks on this one. So you're not going to walk away from it being like, oh, I can totally remember. I love the words, blah, blah, blah. It's no, really, I guess the what he substitutes for the hook is just a music break. He'll rap a verse and then let the beat go for a little while with its various sounds. And then after that, he'll start rapping again. There are definitely, there's definitely some substance to this song. So one, one time can't keep the law in order because everybody's going crazy for a quarter. And the second what I took away from the song, I think it was an illustration of how, so you have all this crime going on in the black neighborhoods mm-hmm. and nobody really does anything is fine. But as soon as the black guy goes over to the suburbs and starts affecting mm-hmm. the people who live there, cops everywhere, helicopters, mm-hmm. Dateline news, SWAT team out front, et cetera, et cetera. And last thing I want to make a mention <laughs> So there is a there is a nigga with a hard R that just comes out of the nowhere on this song, completely <laughs> caught me off off guard. Where is it at? <laughs> out of nowhere on the production, there's this dude who says, "I would love to shoot you, nigger." And <laughs> yeah, I think I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I had to clutch my pearls for a second <laughs> <laughs> and lower my Gucci shades. Like, what, what did I just hear? No, um, no, about the whole, um, you know, robbing people in the suburbs. Yeah, he has that line where he says, um, 
I think back when I was robbing my own kind, the police didn't pay it, no mind. But when I started robbing them white folks, now I'm in the pen with the soap on the rope. And yeah. I was like, damn, that's like, that's when I was like, yo, this nigga really spitting truth out here. Yeah. Like they didn't care, but the police is there for the rich people's protection, not the poor people's protection. So um, that was like a very, and Alan, kind of what you were saying earlier about, you know, him talking about white supremacy but maybe not using the language that we would use nowadays you know i mean I, they had the language back then you know they had you know um malcolm martin all that you know james baldwin like they had the language i just think that he chose to speak it from a version of the streets like he he chose to be a hood nigga and he's gonna talk about white supremacy the hood nigga way and i think he did it so accurately like he did it he did it so i don't know i feel i feel like no one else probably could have really done it the way he did like there's when i when i read something of james baldwin right and like see something he says like it definitely hits one way that's really you know impactful but then i hear ice cube saying shit in some hood way and you know, I like I would say I agree. Like it's just as impactful in a lot of ways. Um, it's just coming from a, like a very different perspective, and I'm glad that it's coming from like a multitude of perspectives. You know, because um, some people might not be able to really understand or get down with you know the almost high talk of you know these highly educated, well-read you know people. And obviously, not saying that Ice Cube isn't or is, but um just a lot of people need it to come from a rough rugged way in which they're from and i think cube brought that 100 percent. i mean i could pick i can see the impala with the bullet holes in it mm-hmm. exactly exactly but alan okay so i definitely want to echo what you guys were saying the the message of the song is pretty powerful uh, ice cube comes back again with the same level of energy like i've been saying um the same the same storytelling when he's talking about like pulling it straight up to a caucasian and saying take me to your house um i did have one criticism this song really has one of the trademarks when i think of 90s rap whether or not you call that corny um so he's he rhymes by spelling out words three weeks later i'm at the pad had a little fly ass mm-hmm. bitch with me and like then he says because i'm a g-a-n-g S-T-A, and like rhyming that with American way. And that, I don't know, that's just, that's like, no, see, now you guys know. Now you guys are going to pick up on it many more times through this album. Oh, but um, that's, that's just one of the telltale signs of like, like a little trick that rappers could use in the 90s that I feel like would, wouldn't fly as much today. And it would just get like instantly pointed out by nerds online. Like, bro. Like, but bro, I got I gotta push back on that solely because what the fuck was your favorite song off Cardi's album? D R A C O, D R A C O. There you go, right there. That's that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But I, but again, I didn't come to Playboy Cardi for like to hear about white supremacy. I came to Playboy <laughs> Cardi for just D R A C O, D R A C O. Like I, bro, I give this what? album more credit than a whole lot of red, if that makes sense. What if Cardi would have came with the same flow style, but some lyrics like this, bro? Like, what if the whole time he was talking about white supremacy, a whole lot of red? Like, hold up. <laughs> white people are vampires, I guess. Like, can I can I even vibe to it at that point? Like, oh, shit, this nigga out here. <laughs> is, this, is this too real for me to go stupid right now? 
Um, Real fast, I have a general question. Mm -hmm. So the 90s style, which I can admit is corny and semanticist. You are the only one who said that so far, I'd like to point out. Yeah, neither. You are the only one who's used the word corny. Yeah. Yes. Well, Mark (laughs) did admit that when he talks about 90s style rapping, it is pejorative. Yes. Whatever pejorative (laughs) is, you are ambiguous. Fine. (laughs) So maybe your position will become clear after I ask, ask this question. I still appreciate it. I still like it. And well, I'm not going to write like, you know how I write mumble trappers off when they come with that style just automatically. Like, I'm not going to write. Did you um, invent that word? I've literally heard no one ever say the word mumble trap. Invent, mumble invent what word? Mumble trapper. <laughs> mumble trap. No well, one sounds, else I've ever heard. That's interesting. Well, it sounds interesting. Somebody's onto something. Whoever came up with it. At any rate, I appreciate it. But we all, do y'all write it? I feel like Mark writes it off. I feel like Mark writes that kind of like if they come with that kind of 90s flow, it's just automatic. No, he likes this album more than I do. But you kind of agreed at the outset that Ice Cube does deviate from it a a substantial amount. Maybe not completely, but... He deviates from it, but not so much. Like, I think that even if he did a typical... Like like a straight up typical 90s flow, I think I would still like it. Like, what wins me over isn't his flow, it's his voice. His voice by far wins me over. So I will say... If it was someone other than Ice Cube who wrapped this album with the same exact flow, I probably wouldn't have liked it as much. Like, it's really his voice. Almost like the same way I feel with people like Tyler or some shit like that. I mean, obviously, there's tens of thousands of rappers that love about Tyler. But it's like, it's, he's one of those rappers to where it's like, his voice is very significant. I get the impression, Alan, you feel the same, the same or similar? Yeah, and I just want to say that, like, like, I think you got the impression that me saying it sounds really 90s is a bad thing. Um, but I don't necessarily mean it that way, like, as a negative. Like, I talk, but you also know about me. I value experimentation and things that, like, surprise me, where, like, you know, I love the album Stankonia. Stankonia doesn't sound like any other rap album, right? It, like, mm-hmm. whether or not you personally like it, it doesn't sound like a 2000s rap album. It really sounds like you could take it from anywhere and it would still be unique. Uh, this album ha- this album has, like, great energy. Like, we talked about Ice Cube's presence, I completely agree. But it's... but for, You could date it. Yeah, for me, it's like, hey, this is clearly from the 90s. This clearly has a lot of, like, influence from NWA. And, like, I can tell it's from... LA I feel like it's around the like Rodney King riots time like it just sounds mm-hmm. like it's of that time which is fine because we think of this album especially as like a landmark in culture where like there was a movie made about this album and mm-hmm. straight out of Compton right so it's I really don't mean that as a bad thing uh but it does kind of but if I'm listening to a longer album I'm going to notice that and it is starting to like get a little repetitive after a while I think is a fair criticism Okay, uh, well, branching off of that, do you have do you have any songs that you would like to point out? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> okay, so let's talk about who's the Mac because this is one of the ones that <laughs> you would <laughs> <laughs> like. Mac is one hundred percent. 
I don't, I don't know what I don't know what you mean. I don't know what you're getting at, but we just talked like I threw talking about dated references. And this guy, I'm the miggity 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 mac daddy. <laughs> okay, so you so you know my big you obviously know what my biggest issue with this song with this song is, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I did pick this one because you can see this is another song that does fall into the nineties flow. Like a lot, but I actually do think it's a good song. I appreciate the like the stories he goes through. It almost reminds me of like the parables of Ice Cube, where he says, "If a guy's asking you for money, and then you see him again the same day, like, are you getting played, or is he getting is he getting played?" And so, just like I really appreciate the way we go through these like tiny vignettes, asking who's at the Mac. Uh, it is a really like really '90s rap thing to do. I feel like, and the flow is really 90s rap, but mm-hmm. that's what I came to this album expecting. So I actually liked it. I, I, do you have similar feelings? I am me? Yeah. So I like, yes. Oh, so I like this song. And let me see what I have. Yes, 100%. So on this particular song about the, uh, the 90s kind of dated, is that dated style of delivery so there's a line quote i'm just a straight up n-i-double-g-a so that he could fill the time (laughs) between the bars so that he could catch the beat yeah that's spot on smart nigga bro (laughs) so wait so so already we're criticizing that he's we're already criticizing that after i mentioned it for the very last song it it doesn't have to be criticism what i'm just saying I see the datedness that falling into that flow. Uh, I did. So who's the Mac? I definitely like this song. The production actually I describe as like proto Kendrick Lamar, especially taking the production alongside the storytelling, how he starts off with the verse about the, the prostitution. And then we come up with a different, uh, a different situation about just trifling ass men in general. And then we end off on a different situation of just players running game in the club. And it's like Kendrick Lamar as ver- saying, okay, don't get, don't go too far with the Virgil reference, but as Virgil guiding me through the hood, you don't have to think that the hood is hell. Hell, Don't forget Virgil also goes through purgatory in heaven. So don't come for me at any rate. I like, I, it just seemed very conscious and emblematic of something that I'm familiar with today, mm-hmm. having listened to all of Kendrick's discography. And once again, for y'all out there, there are no hooks. This is purely conscious. So if you, you ain't gonna be bobbing your head to this. Um, <laughs> just a heads up. Got on. I was just gonna say that's an interesting connection because I remember off of Damn, I think it's like the first or second song on Damn where he where Kendrick is at a gas station and then a homeless man who turns out yes who turns out to that like, was off of to, was it on a different album to pimp a butterfly that was off to pimp a butterfly yeah. where like I think it's how much a dollar cost right yeah, yeah. that is how much a dollar cost that was right? a, that was on Obama's playlist that was Obama's favorite song or one of his favorite songs yeah so I do that's an interesting point I wonder I mean obviously Kendrick has listened to this album and I assume that no he, question no question I assume he holds it in pretty high regard so it wouldn't be a stretch to like think that maybe he was thinking about it when he wrote that song but that's I like that little comparison I feel like Kendrick goes out his way to like 
give more details. Um, but I can tell that this would eventually influence what would become a Kendrick Lamar or a storytelling rapper that we think of today. So I like that. Yeah. Um, I thought this song was cool. I, I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of the production um, necessarily, um, but lyrically, this was one of my kind of favorite, more closer to more favorite songs in terms of just at first I was like, wait, who's the Mac? Like, what, is, what is he talking about? You know, like, but then he uses the analogy of a Mac as like really just anybody that could get you to do something that they want you to do. And so you just the obvious one, like a Mac, it's a pimp, you know? And I love the lines where he's like, who's the Mac? Is it some brother in a big hat thinking he could get any bitch with a good rap rolling in a fucked up Lincoln leaning to the side, looking like he's sinking like that imagery right there. It's just like, niggas rolling through the hood and a fucking you know monte carlo <laughs> camino fucking like coupe deville yeah coupe deville bro <laughs> i would have had on um, pull up on some bitch and start talking to her and like talk her ear off and get her to do some crazy shit for him you know um in the second verse he's talking about you know that nigga that want to pump your gas and give you a sad story so you could give him some cash you know like anything he'll talk your ear off real quick so you can get him some money uh and like you know he just kind of keeps going and going uh third verse he does it about a playboy uh and then in the fourth verse he like kind of just sums it up but like Mackin is the game and everyone's playing and as long as you believe what they're saying consider them a m-a-c-k with no delay um and i was like dude that's so true like so many god there's some famous pimp you have like a pimp like a book of like pimp roles or something like that but like so many people take like will take the concepts of pimping or Mackin and fucking translate that into areas of business areas of whatever just the idea of how to convince people to do what you want them to do you know and profit from it <laughs> um it's like is a it, whole mindset what is the pimp a pimp damn slick, slick back, back. <laughs> say the whole thing it's like a tribe called quest <laughs> i just call you slick back for sure no nigga it's a pimp named slick back <laughs> i'm sorry tom you're gonna have to hit the bitch <laughs> <laughs> well you said that too perfectly <laughs> i'm sorry tom you're gonna have to hit the bitch <laughs> wait so if i can play uncle ruckus and you can, you can you can play a pimp named Slickback, we could like do a reenactment episode we could do, we could do a reenactment, bro. oh my god we'll have to do that for some bonus episode at some point just yeah. a whole fucking reenactment skit but uh, was the pimp cat williams Does, no not at all no, it's, it's an actual pimp in real life uh, he wrote a book. I can't remember his name, but I could picture him in my head. Um, I think he wrote a book, actually. I mean, I don't know if he really did, but he had like a set of rules for pimping and shit like that. Um, anywho, I'm over talking about pimping. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought this song was cool. Um, one I also really liked was we got to talk about You Can't Fade Me. I feel like that we we, we got to speak on this song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. This one has a few of those similar like, issues. You, you can't skip this song. Um, we we, we got to talk about this one. So, uh, if you look on Genius, they describe this song as, this song tells the story of Ice Cube and a neighborhood girl who claims he impregnated her. Some classic crude gangster shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's Raquel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't fucking die. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, that's really what the song is. And the whole song, for people who haven't heard this album, 
the whole song. This man is just talking about this girl who's claiming he's the baby daddy and he is not having it. And he is just mad. He's fucked up over it. He hates her over it. Like all this shit. And he has a line, bro. I was like, this nigga is really out here. Towards the end of the song, he says a line where he says, I'm thinking to myself, why did I bang her? Now I'm in a closet looking for a hanger. For the hanger. Dude, like, oh my God. <laughs> this nigga is out here, bro. <laughs> but uh Milo, what was your thoughts on this song overall though? Okay. <laughs> so just some technical stuff first. We'll start off modest. <laughs> this song is five minutes and twelve minutes uh five minutes and twelve seconds long. So for our right, listeners. Pause you pause you real quick. Every time you've given the length for a song, for I think this is the third time now. It's been it's, wrong. No, 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 no. It's just, you look so scared. No, I don't know if you're wrong or not. You might be, but I don't know. But more so, uh, it's crazy when you say that to me because that's one thing I did not notice. And I'm usually the first because I'm my perfect song ratio is typically around like a minute 30 to two minutes and 30 seconds. One thing I did not notice was how long these songs are because I was so intoxicated by Ice Cube's flow and story. That's just surprising to me. Like every time you say it's song length and it's longer, I'm like, wow, it didn't seem that long. Like I actually was into the song to like not really care about it. it I mean, that makes long. perfect sense. By the end of this album, one of my notes was, wow, this album went by fast. Yeah. Even though it technically it was like 10 minutes or 11 minutes out of an hour. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. At any rate. Yeah. So this song has one of the most identifiable hooks from this album, which is a, it's a little soul sample living and driving and digging the skin he's in. It's it's pretty. I mean, if you like soul groups from that that era, it's pretty cool. So this does have a have a little song, a little hook that you could hum to yourself. This is heavy storytelling mm-hmm. with some questionable elements. <laughs> it's not exactly Billy Jean. Nah, so <laughs> I I walked away from it liking the song overall because it was a nice change of pace. So a lot of the production and delivery was really high octane prior to this song. And this song slowed things down a little bit. And I could appreciate a little bit of the old, old school slang, like the okie doke or calling people boogers. That was a new one for me. And I thought it was really funny at the beginning of the track. They say, yo, drop an old school beat. Like this isn't the 90s. I thought that was but, funny. Yeah. Too. yeah. I was like, wait, what the fuck is old school to them? Like, geez, yeah, what Christ. is <laughs> Start playing like classical music for like, reals, my nigga. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Play the third movement from. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, uh, what I, the lines I took away, uh, newer from the backseat of my homies Impala, thought back, and I thought it was funny when he said, I thought back and tried to calculate. I could picture Ice Cube's confused ass face Mm -hmm. trying to do the math in his head. Like imagine the face from Are We There Yet when he's dealing with them with Bebe's kids and taking them. (laughs) Like I could see, I could see his face. And I, but no, I, I I definitely see the problematic. Like for instance, uh, I don't think Mark brought up this line, but he says he's talking about the test, the paternity test. Mm -hmm. It read negative. Damn. Why did I let her live? Yeah, yeah, he said that line. I was like, yo. So I'm prepared to let Alan go in on the misogynistic overtones. So I'm going to give Ice Cube 
Here, here's what I have to say about this song. I'm going to give it Y-I-K-E-S. Okay. <laughs> there, man, I... The, the, the moment... The thought of, like, fucking kicking a pregnant girl, man. What What do you want me to say? Like That's some XXX Tentacion. Like, Yo, oh, you're, you, it, that is true. <laughs> like, I really just can't get past in the fucking, the hanger line. Like, there was a point in my life yeah. where, like, you know, I was listening to Bastard and Goblin and stuff, where probably <laughs> I would have just been some little fucking troglodyte high school sophomore who's like, oh, that's so funny, dude. <laughs> But uh, at this point, it's hard for me to just even get past. And I did like the soul sample. Um, I feel like, well, I definitely feel like Kanye learned from this album, especially going into college dropout. Um, And so I also liked it. And I'm not even like, I don't really even know that much about soul music, but I thought that like the, the horns worked well. I thought the song works well, but just this is, this is some dated ass bad rapper advice <laughs> do not follow this advice yeah yeah there's a couple of songs where he gives advice on his album this is advice you should not follow but i like it in the sense of he's just kind of showing like in a way like how fucked up things really are like in the hood like like he's yeah. er, even more so than how fucked up things are in the hood like the fucked up shit that goes through his mind considering where he's from. So, like, a girl tells me she's pregnant, you know, fuck, bro, I'm thinking about doing this, I'm thinking about doing this, man, bitch, I ought to kill you for doing, like, all this shit that's going through his head. It's like, this is a result of the society that this man was brought up in. Like, this shit is crazy. I know, the closest experience I can, like, compare how he describes it as, it's like me getting a parking ticket. (laughs) Just, like, that's the level of, like, annoyance that I have of, like, oh, shit, now I have to deal with this. It's about to cost me, like, $120. Yeah. (laughs) But, yo, this is uh, crazy because, so, was it John Singleton that directed Baby Boy? I don't know. I I have no idea. So, so I I didn't notice until a reviewer on YouTube pointed it out, but... Jody just got back, so at the beginning of the movie, Jody just gets back from the clinic with his girl who's sorry yes it was john John singleton real quick it was john singleton just gets back from the clinic with his girl the the abortion clinic Mm -hmm. with his girl and has the nerve while she's laying on the bed recovering from the traumatic experience she had to go through Mm -hmm. to ask if he can use his car use her car use her car Mm -hmm. to go and see his side trick (laughs) that he's been creeping with after he just took her to get like that's messed up. Yeah. Niggas is some cold. So, bro. <laughs> but I pointed out because, I mean, Ice Cube worked with John Singleton, Boys in the Hood. Mm-hmm. So I, this kind of thing, I guess, was really something that was, if a girl told you if, you, if you were a woman telling another man you were pregnant, I hope you were armed during this era because some <laughs> real messed up stuff was going through their head. <laughs> You're not telling a man you got his baby unless you got a pistol on you because that nigga might kill you. Yeah, this is just the pre Mori Povich world. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking crazy. Um, I mean, yeah, I think we, we pretty much said like, and like you could go throughout this song and like every other line will have some crazy ass lyrics. So for those of y'all that were interested, his, and his point, his whole thing in the beginning was that he's like, 
like what's the what's the name of the second song um nigga you love to hate like mm-hmm. so it's not like he's going out of character here at all he's trying to be a villain so yeah. us exactly. us criticizing him from this like self-righteous perspective or me criticizing from the self-righteous perspective you know just know yeah. that that that's the point of the album but mm-hmm. i didn't like it that much yeah yeah, you're, he's, he's supposed to be somebody, like, he's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable and also be unlikable at points, too. Like, he, he wants to be the nigga in your face that, like, when you think about him, it's like, oh, my God, fucking Ice Cube, you know? Like, he, like I think I think he became villainized probably while when Straight Outta Compton came out and fucked the police. And I think he just loved the role, to be honest. Like, that's what it really seems. It's like he, he got, he the society put him in that role and i think he kind of thrived in it because like he, he didn't he didn't change his tone he just completely carried that energy over to this album so i i think he loved playing the villain does, <laughs> this, uh, does it this is very kind of just partly related but does it remind you at all of amir van from brockhampton formerly of no. brockhampton he got kind of oh, ousted. No. Like we don't actually have to go down. Like if we have to explain it, then we can just not do it right now. Well, I, I'm, I'm just, well, I, I mean, to me, this doesn't sound like anything or feel anything Amir Van to me. I'll, I'll just put it that way. Like Amir's situation was vastly different. I think he kind of got shamed by his own people. Whereas for Ice Cube situation, he's not even being shamed. He's just being villainized by people who he already doesn't give a fuck about like Amir it was his own people who were who were you know villainizing him which I think had him like you know like really harshly with Ice Cube it's white society that started villainizing him and so he was like I don't give a fuck about y'all y'all want me to be the villain fine I'll be the villain you know you want me to be the bad guy okay <laughs> I'll be the bad guy <laughs> you know that's, that's the feeling I got from this yeah it's it's a little different and just uh Milo for a little bit of backstory it came out that Amir was like text like at least um at least emotionally abusing a girl back in texas um and brockhampton being the group that is so like about being um about being like sexually progressive and stuff said that doesn't fly Mm -hmm. with kind of our philosophy so now amir finds himself in a place where he's releasing music just as amir van and then everything Mm -hmm. like from i think iridescence onward from brockhampton hasn't had amir on it yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need to do a whole Brockhampton discussion at some point. Just talk sure. about them. I would love that. I would love yeah. to do it. I think it's. I think. I think their case is fascinating, especially considering that they're twenty twenty one January. They're really no longer a thing. No one is talking about them or excited or anything. Um, I don't know if they have another album coming out. I know months ago Kevin said that they might have one more, but then that's it. Like. Oh yeah. You know, it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of wild of how much of a hype train they were on. Like they were really really being what was talked about in hip hop and then as soon as the mirror thing happened, it completely changed their course. But yeah, that's a discussion for a whole other time. Um Oh my god, they're so good ones. Uh so I don't know necessarily about the song in general, but uh Endangered Species, Tell from the Dark Side. I didn't really enjoy this song in terms of like the rapping or even the beat or anything like that. But I really enjoyed the concept. In the very beginning, there's a news anchor 
that says at the bottom of our news tonight there has been a new animal aimed out aimed at falling off the face of the earth yes young black teenagers are reported to be the oldest and newest creatures added to the endangered species list as of now no efforts have been made to preserve the blacks when asked why a top law official adds because they make good game i thought this was one of the most um like you want to talk about talking about white supremacy this was one of the most direct statements at it in my opinion was him saying, "Yeah, as black teenagers, we're hunted. Like, 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 we're hunted. Like, like, we're killed so much, and we're not. We should be endangered. But they, you know, they love to hunt us. They love to um, to uh, treat us like game. And I was like, wow. I don't know. It was just very, very abrasive and kind of like just. I didn't expect that." I mean, I knew Cube could do it. I just didn't expect him to say something that direct. This was actually one of my very favorites on the album. Um, like you mm. said, this is like, he goes direct. And this is like a concept song within the album where, like you said, there's the news anchor talking about like the newest thing to hunt is like a young black male teenager. And then at the end, mm. the end of the song, the skate comes back and says like oh well it's just the most fun game um but between this there's this like really kind of different song it has like a verse from chuck d that is that comes in right at the end but they but it just felt like it it felt like a break from what i was talking about like the 90s the 90s kind of like very stereotypical song um, this was the big break from it and the lyrics just really hit me hard with like when I like like talking about when I got a sawed off bodies are hauled off and then talking about the shame niggas die young but to the light side it don't matter none and just I mean he's just calling stuff out directly and it worked for me um, I'm kind of rambling but this one was one of the best songs for me, and I appreciated that it was very different than a lot of the rest of the album. Milo? So the first thing I want to point out is that this song has, it's the first instance of these time-traveling kicks that show up intermittently throughout the album. The kick on the beat, in my opinion, was that ahead of its time, and it comes and goes, comes and goes, just about like just like that and a Thanos snap and it's gone. Mm-hmm. The rest of the beat to me wasn't so great. Uh it was to me, I don't know if this might point out why Mark didn't like it, but it felt to me it was just entirely too bass driven and there wasn't much of a melody to attach to. Mm-hmm. So as far as I so I didn't like this song. It struck me the title just struck me as a little too hammy, a little too gimmicky. It hit me the same way as America's Most Blunted from Mad Villainy or that really cheesy time-traveling revolutionaries to history that Janelle Monae tried to do on her song Queen a while back in like 2011. The The concept alone was enough to, I, I guess, it just turned me off from the beginning. The clip at the beginning didn't hit me quite as hard. I wasn't feeling it. So... 
I don't know. It, the ending, I will say this. I get, will say this positive. The ending was ha- uh, haunting. So at the end of the song, there is that little bit where they're pleading with, mm. I presume, the officers not to, not to shoot. And the song ends with those gunshots. And it's just silence. So that, to me, was the most... That that part of the song had the biggest impact on me. As far as the rest of it, it just seemed too much, too trite, too contrived. I wasn't, nah. I'm glad you, thank you for bringing up that part. I forgot that was actually at the end of this song. Uh, but talk about fucking timely when we're just coming out the year of George Floyd. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still fucking, right. it, like it sticks out because it's like something we hear about every day. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, the this, this sad, like, sad part is that regardless what year this would have released, it would have seemed timely. Yeah. You would have released this in 2013. Uh, you could have been like, yeah, this how timely is this because of Trayvon Martin? You would have released this 2016. How timely is this because of um, Eric... Uh, I can't think of the name. Eric Gardner? His last name right now. Eric Gardner, you know. Um, or so 2015. I don't know. But every single year, like, this shit is constantly happening, you know? And there's constantly new and bigger cases, you know? And so, like... It is timely because of what happened with George Floyd this past summer. But the sad part is, nope. Any time between this song being released back in like thirty years ago and now, it would have been timely. Yeah, the sad truth, you know. Um, it reminded me yeah. of um of Toilet Tisha. Mm. Okay. From Stankonia, but um, yeah, along those same lines. Toilet. And the Chuck D feature for y'all out there, Chuck D is the leader of Public Enemy. So the voice sounds familiar to y'all. Mm-hmm. If you've listened to Fight the Power by Public Enemy, that's where you've heard that voice before. Mm-hmm. Production wasn't bad, but I mean, I can't stop thinking like, dude, if Ice Cube would have, pro- or not Ice Cube, if Dr. Dre would have produced this album, like, damn, I would have loved to hear Ice Cube over just pure Dre production. Um but nevertheless, he he worked with what he had, and I thought this was fire. Um, oh, I have one more I want to do, and it was a yeah. song that I actually didn't know I had heard until I heard it on the listen to it this time. But it's the product. Um, Which track was that? The product. Oh, it's, it's I did not I hear mean, like, that. That's on the B side of the tape. Oh, oh, is it? My bad. Um, oh, that's fine. Forget. I mean, forget talk I about it if you like it. Um, no, talk about it if you like it. Yeah, it's just. Like the experience that you guys had listening to like so fresh, so clean and just being like, Oh shit, I know this song. Like I've heard it Mm -hmm. multiple times. I can't really describe the production of the product, uh, but you will notice it. But I felt like, Oh, see, it's a bummer that it's on the B side. I didn't even realize because it plays Mm -hmm. into the theme of the album really well, where the concept is a young black male is seen as this, this item that can be bought and sold. Like, obviously being an allusion to slavery, but also like how that's perpetuated into today. So with when I use that kind of like educated language of like white privilege, I, I like what you said, Mark, about Ice Cube takes kind of that kind of high concept idea, but then distills it into rap storytelling. And for me, the product does that really well um, to, to kind of, bring that idea in a cool story, but also have production that's catchy enough that I 30 years later know the song based off the production. Um, only a few singles can really, I feel like accomplish all those. Another one for me is Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe. Uh, but that one really hit 
on every on like every level so the product is a great song that i wish was on the main part of the album i'll have to check that out but yeah no so if you go to spotify and look at this album it ends at the bomb but there's a full b-side that has six more tracks and most of them are remixes so endangered species is a re there's a remix uh get off my dick and tell your bitch to come here is a remix and then there's part two of jd's gaffling which is the part ones on the you can't fade me so like the b-side is mainly remixes or it's like half remixes and like a couple new songs but yeah for the most part uh we're focusing on like the first 16 but i will go and check out that song now that you recommended it you guys totally (laughs) should yeah Yo, Spotify is whack, B. I'm approving right now. Why in the blue hell would you sit here and release the B-side? You make it look like a whole entire other album. Like, I shouldn't mm-hmm. have to reference an outside source to go to Wikipedia or whatever in order to figure out what yeah. you're doing with Spotify. You couldn't <laughs> just type B-side in. Like, seriously, like, whatever developer out there was making this list, you couldn't put just B-side. Anyway, so that's also, why it's Spotify, whack. Also, Spotify, I need to call out Spotify. One more thing about this album. So this album is listed twice. And one of them is the Queen version, but the Queen version doesn't say uh, Queen, or the explicit <laughs> version doesn't say explicit. So then you have to remember: is it the top one that is edited, or is it the bottom? Because otherwise, you're going to get some like real, like corny bullshit bars if every if he talks about mother mother truckers and stuff. Um, and there were a few times that I was going through this album, and it was like. Oh, I picked the clean one, but I don't want to stop mid-song. Oh, God, that would have been horrible. Dude, it's listen ridiculous. to this clean sounds horrible. No, yeah. never, bro. So this is a word out to so all the developers over at Spotify. This is Milo and Alan, <laughs> Malin, the mallet out here on these streets. We're coming for you with the dope code. We got the functions. We got the variables <laughs> and the loops. You don't know what you're doing out here. Y'all whack. Sucker MCs <laughs> as the 90s <laughs> would have it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. This shit about to go crazy. <laughs> about to bring a sawed off to the Spotify office. This nigga out here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Other than that, there's there's not any... Uh, oh, wait. Actually, there's one more I got to call out. Uh, I believe it's a gangster's fairy tale. Yeah. I love it. So, okay. <laughs> I can't end without discussing this track, bro. I gotta discuss wait, this wait, track. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so I'm glad you love it because this is like, this is what I will say is corny as fuck, honestly. <laughs> like, I don't know what else to fucking say about this. Just, uh oh, here comes the blood, little red riding hood. And I just. <laughs> I, like, the fact that you can criticize the Anne Frank line. But but if you don't criticize this on its stupid bullshit, then I don't know how how you're grading these. I'm good, bro. Yeah. This song was great. Just I could picture Ice Cube working like the the Santa line or whatever. Exactly. Dressed up with exactly. Did you guys see that picture of Bernie Sanders at the inauguration? Yes, that so was, this could have been an email. Yeah, that was. This, oh, that was I, I haven't seen that. It's basically Bernie Sanders looking hella cold and angry at the inauguration. That was how, like, his arms are crossed. That was how I felt listening to this song. Like, oh god, oh god he's talking about fucking gangster leprechauns and shit. <laughs> this this song to me was a perfect 
like it was a perfect illustration of why you don't let your gang member cousin watch the kids. <laughs> like this completely irreverent children's story. This <laughs> <laughs> oh, is so funny, bro. Oh, I love it. And the, like the little intro. Yo, Ice Cube, man. Why you always kicking the shit about the bitches and the niggas? Why they keep some shit about the kids, man? The fucking kids. <laughs> <laughs> The little boys and girls, they all love me. Come sit on the lap of ICE. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you guys totally notice the pattern with the spelling? <laughs> you could just do that anytime in the 90s to rhyme really easily. Bro, another light after. And let me tell y'all a story or two about a punk ass nigga I knew. I was like, yo, I'm ready for this shit, bro. Like, as soon as he said that, I was locked in, dog. <laughs> no, it sounds like he's like doing a parody of the like the fresh prince theme song which is so great (laughs) this song is this is gold (laughs) uh, matter of fact (laughs) reminds me of that movie bright i never watched that i refused to watch that i didn't watch it it wasn't i watched it it was not nearly as horrible as people said it's very predictable, when, though. And like, I, dude, I, I saw him say that <laughs> fairy lives matter, and then he was like, not today, fairy lives don't matter. No. And I was like, "Is that really, are you really making that fucking joke in a movie, David? <laughs> and then I was never going to watch it after that. That's fair. That's funny. <laughs> do, do we want to talk about, like, one more, maybe? Yeah. Um, mm. I mean, the bomb seems to be most appropriate, seeing that it is the last. Yeah, I'm down with that one. I'm down. I'm fully down with that. Well, one. not really the freaking last, according to Spotify. <laughs> it is the last, but so the bomb, bam! This is the last song on the album, y'all. All right, good three minutes and twenty five seconds. Not that big of a deal. I thought it was cool. Oh, snap. My notes are messed up. Anyways, so I thought it was a good outro. To summarize what the song is like and why I think it's a good outro, it was basically the musical equivalent of Ice Cube spray painting his name on a cop car, Mm. dropping the can and dipping. End of story. I thought it was a great bookend to the album, especially since production-wise, the energy matched the energy of the song we started out with the beat went hard and he did this i love this i I don't know how y'all felt about this but there was this right before he was about to say the bomb like if you count the beats he was supposed to say the bomb on the one and right before he's supposed to drop it there's this little reversal Mm -hmm. and they play it again Mm -hmm. and he comes back around i thought that was (laughs) i thought that was kanye kanye west genius levels of production brilliant so I like I like this outro. I think I think it's been a while since I've said a an album has a strong has a strong end. So I'm glad to say this was the case here. He has one line where he says, "Then I transform like a Decepticon with a mic as the as a bomb in my right palm, but I don't stay calm." Um, yeah, I mean. Also, the first on the first verse, it's or the first very long, very first line, it's like a holocaust to the boss when I toss too much knowledge kicked in your lost. Like, this is a great summary for the whole album, you know, just to kind of like resummarize it of just 
uh, I'm saying some shit that is going to fuck you up and that's going to fuck a lot of people up and it's going to kind of shake your reality um, and your structures but this is the reality that I live. There are people who live like this um, and who go through this shit and have these ideas and thoughts and feelings and you need to know about it. And this knowledge is going to hurt some people's systems, but fuck it. It's a bomb. It's going to, it's a, it's a necessary bomb. It's going to blow up a lot of preconceived notions and ideas, but you know, it's crazy what he could do with a mic. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's I wanted to pick this one last too, uh, just because it was a great way to close the album. It came with the same energy. It came with like a good flow. It came with a lot of, I'm glad you mentioned graffiti because he does a lot of spelling out letters again, uh, as we've determined, I don't like on this one. Um, but that's not to say that, that the song wasn't good. I think this was a great way to like close it. And to me, it left me feeling like, more pumped up at the end of the album than I was when I started. So yeah, I liked it. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a, I mean, there's so many songs on this album. There's a time we can go through, um, but we, we spent enough time. Um, let's plug this into the spice meter. Yeah. Perfect. Alan, you want to go first? I'm giving this a solid spicy. I was definitely the most negative person on this episode. Uh, but that doesn't mean that I didn't think it was really good. I have some small, small nitpicks, but overall he brings a lot of energy. He brings real storytelling on this. Like I see why this is considered a classic. So definitely a spicy. Mala. This might be the first uh, spicy classic. I'm going to go ahead and give this a spicy. Like it was hot just from the jump all the way down to the end. I to be fair, like, it's going to be difficult for me to pick two songs for the playlist because I don't, to be fair, like this is one of the albums that I think I could listen to all the way through on a second listen. I I don't think I uh, picked any like skips on this album. So this is heat. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I will give this a spicy. This is hot. Um, if the production was a little bit, I don't even want to say better because this isn't bad production, but different. If Dre produced this, I probably would have given this a very spicy because it, it this is a solid ass album. But the production just wasn't my style enough for me to give it a very spicy. But in every other respect, this is great. And for anyone who wants to, um, you know, take a lesson on Mike presence, as you know, Milo talks about, this is it. Listen to this album. If you want a lesson on how to be present on the mic and how to have an impactful sound, this is 100% it. Um, they took a sound or cube took a sound. I don't like, you know, uh, really at all flow. I could kind of care less about, but because of his presence, we're one way over easily. And so, um, yeah, I get this is spicy. So it's just hot. <laughs> oh, adding on to that. Um, I do want to say, if you're trying to get into nineties rap, this is a great place to start because like my criticism was that it sounds really nineties at points, but the, the lyricism is really there and there's good production and energy um so if you're trying to like find an album that you know is good to kind of like get you started to listen to like that nwa project or like a or like a the chronic or something um this is a great place to start this album's really good perfect uh two songs um 
see, I see. For me, I am going to have to pick the nigga y'all love to hate. I think is this off top is going to be one, and then I kind of want to do America's Most Wanted. Also, I think back to back two and three were the best. Um, but I also kind of want to add, you can't fade me, bro. I feel like niggas need to hear that shit. So. <laughs> But I don't know. I'm going to do the nigga y'all love to hate and America's Most Wanted. Uh, Milo? So I'll go ahead and go with uh, America's Most Wanted. I think as far as the grooviness and funky sound, it doesn't deviate too much from the bomb, which was my first thought. Mm -hmm. But I do want people to get a feel for the really heavy storytelling that they're in for. Mm -hmm. So since how uh since you can't fade me is so controversial, I'll go with a gangsta's fairy tale. So a gangsta's fairy tale and America's most wanted is are my picks. Okay, so I'm also well, I mean, I have to take America's most wanted, but that was also gonna be one that I was gonna pick. So America's most wanted for sure, for the reasons you guys already said. And um Wait, what was the other one you picked, Mark? Uh, the nigga yellow date. And Milo, you picked the, the fairy tale song. I picked because I want them to. <laughs> I want people to experience the storytelling aspect of the album. Okay, mm. you make a great point. So I'm going to pick the nigga you love to hate also. <laughs> and let's go. <laughs> so the two songs that we will be adding to the album appetizers playlist are the nigga you love to hate. And America's Most Wanted. Uh, I feel that was that was a verbal equivalent of being shot in between the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, awesome. Alan, you want to talk about our next album? Yeah, so we're going to be reviewing the Koreatown Oddities, new, not even new album, album from last May, Little Dominique's Nosebleeds. Um, if you've never heard of this dude, I hadn't until fairly recently either. He's... Um, this really underground rapper from LA called the Koreatown Oddity. And he has been in two very bad car accidents. And that is a central point to this album, Little Dominique's Nosebleeds and how those accidents have affected his life and just how much he loves living in LA and stuff that I saw uh, the Neil Drop made a video about it just like a month ago about an album from May that it just flew under his radar. So considering that I gave this album a listen and it really... I mean, I don't even know what album I could really compare it to. The closest one would be like a, it's like a weird, weird LA tragedy version of the miseducation of Lauren Hill or something. It's like the closest thing I could think of, but it's super unique. Um, again, Create Town Oddity, Little Dominique's Nosebleeds. It's awesome. We'll be talking about it. I think these guys are going to like it too. Honestly, Alan, um, I'm, Every time you've recommended an album so far, I have not liked it. So I am hoping, I'm hoping this has you redeem yourself. I'm praying, dog. <laughs> well, but also, didn't you listen to Forever's a Mighty Long Time? That sounds familiar. Who who did that? This dude, album's a not mighty long time. <laughs> that's, that's big crit, dude. That was fire. Okay, I'm talking about for the podcast that we've done for the podcast. The two you've done yeah. for the podcast. This not. is a very common technique that Mark resorts to. <laughs> 
accusing very specific definitions that bolster his position the most. <laughs> niggas gotta yeah. do what niggas gotta do, bro. It's like, oh, no, no. His mixtapes don't count. The mixtapes, no. We're only considering <laughs> projects Everyone made looks- in Atlanta during <laughs> this is good, bro. Mercury's retrograde. <laughs> Everybody, no one considers overly dedicated. <laughs> I knew I, I liked how you knew what I was talking about. <laughs> no one considers that his first project. Everyone considers Section A his first project. Fuck out of here, my nigga. <laughs> Yeah, Milo, you're just like completely incorrect, dude. Do I get an award for that? It sounds like a pretty good achievement. <laughs> is everybody isn't anybody ever completely incorrect? Maybe Kanye West on uh, 808s and Heartbreaks. But hey, we're both Tauruses. Oh, you're a Taurus too? Nice, dude. I mean, it's complicated. Oh, your birthday is in fucking June. You're, you can't. You're yeah, first of all, you can't just throw my stuff out there like that. <laughs> <laughs> my whole government out there, nigga. Niggas <laughs> gonna search me down. Nigga. My birthday is May. My birthday is May 9th. You can probably find me creeping on Instagram or something if you really want to. Oh god! I hope we get canceled for this shit in the future. I'll be so happy. <laughs> we have to be popular enough to want to, someone want to fucking cancel us, but yeah, no. Um, hey, I would love to get to that point. Please, I want to get big enough to where somebody can sue me. Please, let that shit happen, dog. <laughs> um, speaking of that, share this podcast with your friends, people. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, that's happening next week. Um, anything else we got? Next week's going to be that's a negative. fun as fuck. Alright. Uh, we were supposed to review Drake, but apparently that nigga's not going to drop this month. So... We will review Milo's crush whenever he comes up and drops an album. So, yeah. That being said, y'all have a good one. Peace. Oh. Peace.